Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Once in Unity Comp Volume 2 drops July 24th. And I couldn't be any more excited for this summer. It's something great to look forward to. We had it last summer and this summer. And it's something that I hope continues on. This trend is so awesome. I love what From Within is doing, putting together this compilation and just bringing together some of the best bands currently going on in hardcore to produce these exclusive tracks. It's just super sick. So please keep an eye out for that. This upcoming week, May 20th, Gridiron, Despise, Worldwide Brotherhood, the split seven inch. I seriously am so stoked for that. Two amazing bands from across the world coming together to put out the seven inch. It's it's so sick and I love the idea behind it and I'm very looking forward to it coming out on May 20th. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, TikTok, whatever else, and hit that follow button. Stay up to date on all the current news coming from From Within Records. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. Yo, it's Fight Week, UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. Very important, lightweight title match. It's going to be an, I want to say, insane headliner, but let's be honest, it's, it's going to... It's a very one-sided. Listen to the podcast to hear our thoughts on the main event, but I was so stoked to be able to talk to my friends about UFC 262 happening this Saturday. So for any of you that are listening right now, I hope you guys can tune in, enjoy this podcast, use it as a companion, a guide, or just for listening pleasure on the lead-up to UFC 262. It's super fucking awesome. And I can't wait. It's fight week and I'm seriously so stoked for tomorrow's card. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. We had a lot of fun and we're going to do a lot more of these. This is episode 18 of the MMA show and we're, we're, we're going strong. Shout out to Jeff, Luke and Josh for being great dudes, great co-hosts. It's a lot of fun to do these, to sit here with my friends and just talk about MMA. It's seriously amazing. And I I love it so much. So please enjoy this. And without further ado, welcome Jeff, Luke, and Josh to the show. with another MMA show. Welcome back, Jeff. Welcome back, Luke. And we have a special guest today, our buddy Josh from Florida. How's it going, Josh? Hey, thanks for having me. No, uh, it's our pleasure. Thank you. We're we're down to chop it up with anybody who loves MMA as much as we do. I love it. Hell yeah. Well, uh, last weekend, 
There was a, a pretty interesting fight night. Rodriguez, or, I, I'm totally messed up her name. Rodriguez uh, versus Watterson. Uh, it was, in my opinion, an okay card. I feel like my favorite fight of the night was uh, just Gregor Gillespie just getting back in the win column. It was, uh, you know, a fun fight. Uh, you know, he, he had a little bit of trouble in the beginning, but he managed to bring it back around. And I think it was an awesome performance back for him, especially being gone for so long. Uh, but I'm curious about your guys' thoughts on the card. Well, so, I, I want okay. I was oh, no, gonna you, say, you go ahead, Luke. Yeah, Luke yeah. I already, I already know you want me to, because you know, I picked, uh, I picked Fajeda in that because of uh, the Gillespie layoff. But you know, it is what it is. I'll take the L on it. You know, uh, sure. it was, it was actually, and I felt so secure in that take after that first round. Oh, it was rough. But then, <laughs> but then I don't know. I've never seen somebody get a second win like that. That was absolutely insane. Yeah, maybe he just felt the pressure. It was like, yo, like maybe it's like his, you know, his the wrestler inside of him was like, yo, we need to bring this back. Like we put so much work into this. Obviously, last fight, uh, you know, fell out wasn't his fault, and he'd been gone for so long. And then to to get knocked out in his last fight against. Kevin Lee, he couldn't go out like that again. So, um, you know, he brought it back and it was, it was awesome. Crazy performance. Yeah. yeah so, oh, go ahead, Luke. Do you have anything else? No, 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 no. So I actually didn't get to watch that one live. Um, I saw, I saw you text about it, Luke. And after the card was over, that's the first thing I went back and watched. And yeah, that fight was fucking bananas, man. And I feel like, Round one was kind of a reflection of Gillespie having a some ring rust because of the long layoff mm-hmm. and B, I think it was a lot of nerves as well because he, he wanted to come back and get a win against a really good guy. Um, I wasn't entirely surprised by his second win. And I've referenced this before. I follow him on Instagram and I've seen the way he trains and he's an absolute goddamn animal and everything he does is conditioning based. So if anything, that just solidified the work that I've seen him put in and it was really cool to watch. Yeah. I was stoked to shout out Gregor Gillespie, give him a top 10 opponent. I, I think oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. ready. He's de- I think he's definitely ready for a, a step up. Uh, I, I just want to see him uh, just kind of stay busy. Cause obviously he, he had been gone for so long. And you know, with, with the performance of him coming back, he, he shows that he can, he can still hang with um, some of the top contenders. So, um, not he doesn't have to be top five, but just give him someone up there, somebody ranked, just because I I want to see him continue just to kind of climb his way back up. And maybe that knockout from Kevin Lee was a fluke. Things like that happen in this sport. So I I want to see him stay busy and just keep fighting. Yeah, and and one last thing about that fight is going into it, I definitely wasn't expecting a finish. I thought that was going to be kind of like a grindy back and forth kind of deal mm-hmm. just considering like how both of them fight. So for it to go down in that kind of a way was very surprising to me and it was awesome. Hell yeah. Um, heavyweight fight was boring, you know, come on uh, that. Uh, and I'm just not a fan of Maurice green. That, that uh, He just got laid on and, you know, d- credit to Delima. He, he did what he had to do just to win. Um, Maurice green wasn't really presenting any, uh, threats on the ground and even on the feet he just was like uh i don't know he was like overextending and just doing i think like too much and he just kept getting taken down and i i don't know how 
and, and this is a, a perfect example. Just because you train at a high level camp doesn't mean you know they're always going to produce top talent. Um, and it, it just shows with more training. Like I, I'd be surprised if he stays in the UC after this, especially with such yeah. a poor um, performance. But I was just not into that fight. Oh, what's his record now? Like nine and seven. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up. Like, but it's all, it, it ain't looking too good. Uh, nine that. and six. So it's almost it's nine pretty salty. Six. Pretty salty. Yeah. 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 Not looking too good. Yeah, but I, I, I say, I and, I, and I said that. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, and and remember last week, I said I was looking forward to that fight mm. because usually Maurice Green will either like somehow like awkwardly start somebody or like get dominated. So either way, it's entertaining. But like that was just a snooze fest. Yeah. Dilemma, like I, I get it. You know, if, if if you're able to take a guy down and he's not going to do anything to try to get back up, yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, easy, easy road to victory. So uh, no, not going to uh, give Lima too much of a hard time. But want to move on to our boy Neil Magny. Put on, put on. I, I wouldn't say like a stellar performance, but I feel like he uh, fought a good fight. But I just wish he would have uh, stayed at range more because I feel like he he let Neil kind of get in and just tie him up a whole bunch. And it, it just kind of just, I was like, come on. Like, obviously, Neil, a- after the first round, was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to outpace this guy. I'm going to drown him in the later rounds because obviously he's a cardio machine. But I just wish he would have been uh, more active with his striking at range versus letting Neil, uh, you know, close that distance. For sure. I actually, I actually had uh, picked Jeff Neal going into that fight. So I definitely stand corrected. This went down just about how how you guys said it was going to go down yeah fun fight um i i appreciate their skills but uh it's, it's a bummer to see you know jeff Le- jeff neil excuse me um lose another one that's two in a row for him but you know that's how it goes when you're fighting top competition obviously things don't get easier they you know the trend is always for you know tougher matchups but uh you know shout out to neil magny i hope he gets that comms out fight because obviously they, they were uh, you know, kind of uh, going back and forth before Kamzat got sick. And, you know, he was saying Magny didn't want to take the fight or UC didn't want to give him the fight. Um, excuse me. So I'm hoping that um, if things make sense, because Kamzat um, uh, laid out that crazy game plan up until the end of Four the year. Fights. Yeah. You know, yeah. jumping weight classes, which probably isn't that good for your body. Might not pan out well for him, but I just would like to see that Neil Magny versus uh, Kamzat uh, uh, uh matchup. I think that would have been awesome or that will be awesome. That's a great yeah. fight. I hope we get to see that too. Yeah, because uh, you know, comes out for what he did before he got sick, just uh, starching that uh, Gerald uh, Mearshart. That was just insane, right? And they're like looking past him. They are trying to book that Damian Maya matchup, and yeah. uh, for him to just kind of uh, make so like so many crazy waves of that division um, so quick, like uh, you know, and for him to show the show those skills, it's like yeah, people really want to see him against the top competition because obviously the, the the people he fought leading up to it weren't the toughest but when now you got people like neil magny calling him out there was that potential leon edwards matchup so it's like yeah i want to finally see him get a real test well how do you see it going if if him and neil magny do fight what's your prediction if i'm being honest i think because he's he, you know comes out having those lung issues i think neil's probably just gonna be like, All right, let me try to drown this guy and just out cardio him because he's coming off of having covid and probably his car is you know conditioning is not going to be as good as mine because he you know magni trains at, ele- at elevation you know can go for days so i think he's going to just try to stay 
at ring because he's not going to want to get in a striking match because obviously we've seen what kind of power Kamzat has. So um, he'll probably try to play it like he did against Jeff Neal, but maybe have more movement and uh, you know cause Kamzat to you know chase him around a little more and you know uh, waste energy. That that's what I see um, Neil Magny you know going in with that kind of game plan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Magny. I, I definitely uh, can agree with you. I think he would just outpace him. Yeah, but it'd be fun, you know, to see this young guy who's coming in and give him, like, finally give him a real test. Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, so. So before I say this, I'm like pretty indifferent about Hamza. Like, okay. honestly, I'm tired. I'm tired of like talking about him because like he hasn't done anything in like a long time. Well, I mean, he was doing a lot last year, obviously. Yeah. But like, he's always talking about doing this and doing that and doing this, but every single time he gets hurt. So it's like, it's hard for me to just get excited and invested in a matchup with him. Cause I just feel like some, he's going to be in a car wreck or something like just something crazy is going to happen and it's never going to happen. Um, but that being said, and, and yeah, Neil Magny can obviously put, push the pace on him. But I think the, the pressure that Hamzat puts on from the opening bail, man, I'm not sure. I feel like Magny's kind of a slow starter. Like, um, yeah, he'll kind of pick you apart a little in the first round, but it's it's more of a feeling like Neil Magny does the feeling out process and Hamzat skips that and just gets straight to business. And and I could see that uh, being a problem for Neil Magny. Yeah, so I, I actually have been wanting this fight to happen for a while. Um, to me, Neil Magny is the only one that's really been calling for the fight with Hamzat, even like last year, he was trying to fight Hamzat before COVID, before all that. And not a lot of people were willing to take that risk. Now, I haven't seen Hamzat do enough that would make me think he would beat Neil Magny. Like even if, even if COVID hadn't happened and he hadn't gotten really sick and like the cardio could be an issue, you know what I mean? I think Magny is really good. And I just haven't seen enough out of Hamzat to make me think that he has what it takes to beat him if he isn't able to get him out of there within the first like round or so. So I, I would lean towards Magny for sure. Yeah. I think it's one of those fights that like, like first round heavily favors one guy. Well, I don't even want to say favors first round. One guy has a better chance than he does later. (laughs) And then later, like Neil Magny would put it on him. Yeah. I, I actually thought when they announced him and uh, Leon Edwards that it was a borderline mismatch. Like you thought Leon Not Edwards even necessarily would just because start him? I thought, yeah, I thought Leon Edwards was going to whoop his ass real bad. Um, and I'm not even a huge, like, Edwards fan per se. It's just Hamzat's road. I know he's been, free, he's been fighting, like, frequent and, like, all the time before he got sick. It just – it's been pretty easy. You know what I mean? You, we haven't seen at all how he reacts towards adversity. Yeah. He's just been so heavily in control of every fight he's been in. He literally had a fight where the other dude did not throw a strike. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he threw like a hundred. <laughs> so, no, dude, for sure. So here's a question then say that the Hamzat fight doesn't happen. Um, what do you think should be next for Neil? For Neil Magny. That's tough for me to call. What do you, what do you think? 
I mean, I think he Denver just got beat by Kiesa. Like, so yeah. it's it's hard to say that he should fight somebody. I don't know. It's just hard for me to say he should get like a top five guy or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think he's in kind of a weird spot. And to me, it seems like they're really going to push for him, uh, for him to fight Hamzat. And everyone above him kind of kind of has fights. So I think we need to see like how the Wonder Boy fight shakes out because I think him versus Wonder Boy could be interesting. Um, yeah, there's there's some stuff that would have to happen. All right. Welcome back, Josh. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. No, it's all good. Um, we're, uh, you know, we, we we deal with these on the fly. So no no problem. But you guys are talking about uh, Neil Magny. You guys want to move on to um, the co-main, which uh, was kind of disappointing when I think about, uh, you know, Donald Cowboy Cerrone and where he's at with his career. And granted, he agreed to a, you know a welterweight fight against a different opponent in Diego Sanchez obviously the things with Diego went down so that he got pulled from the fight in comes Alex Moreno somebody you know who's bigger than Diego different style than Diego uh, so you know Cowboy wasn't necessarily ready for that and then we saw the outcome uh, it was a pretty rough fight to me because it, it just um, when I saw Cowboy's face when he was like you know uh, getting hit with those punches from Alex it just obviously um, it didn't look like he wanted to be in there and for being a cowboy fan for so long i'm just like man like are we at that point and i i and i, I hate that we've been fans for so long that we you know we, we live to see our, our favorite fighters um either walk away healthy and find like you know gsp or we see people go out like bj penn and i just yeah. and I, I just want fighters to, to go before it's too late, you know, like I, I'd rather see a GSP than a BJ Penn, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were tech, we were texting about it, about how we, we all like collectively would much rather see, uh, the headline that says cowboy retires than see a headline that says cowboy cut from UFC. You know, it just, it's unfortunate. Uh, fight went pretty much, I think we all kind of saw this coming. I think, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, I didn't see it going down that way. I had, oh really? I had faith in Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I wasn't even impressed by by the no. other guy, Alex Morona. No, like he was just swinging wild because he knows Cowboy's a slow starter, and Cowboy's chin has been waning. You know, so he. I mean, granted, that's like that was the strategy for the opponent. You know, but. Overall, I wasn't impressed. It, it, yeah, it honestly looked like there was a major difference in striking technique when, when Cowboy was actually striking. You know what I mean? And I didn't, dude, I didn't think it was going to work out that way for Morono. I thought that Cowboy was actually, for a little bit of it, displaying bits of head movement, which he hasn't really done in a lot of his other fights. Um, looked like his striking was a little crisper, a little cleaner. He was putting together combinations where Morono just charged at him with a just a wild overhand right from fucking Saturn. And the technique looked weird. It looked like he was just straight up just trying to overwhelm him and it worked. And they I saw somewhere that Dana White said he's gonna let Cowboy get at least one more fight at 155. And 
I don't know who he's going to fight at 55 that isn't just an absolute monster and probably more challenging than a welterweight. I think it looks the same if he fights anybody within, I don't know, the top 20. <laughs> now you got me trying to think of somebody. Yeah, um, good luck. And, and, I mean, maybe, I don't know, you give him a rematch against Ally Aquinta or, or something like that. But with the Cowboy we've been seeing, I'm not convinced that Ally Aquinta wouldn't knock him out. Dude, I I think at the, yeah, at this point, um, in that if they can even get Iaquinta in the ring, um, uh, I, I think yeah, Cowboy just I don't know, maybe he just walk away now because I agree, I know he wants to do another lightweight yeah. fight, but what's the point if you're gonna do a retirement fight? I maybe I, I get it if you were you know on a like a streak or something, and you know that you weren't gonna you know be competition to the champ, but if you're coming off a loss like that and you want to be like, all right, cool, let me get one more. And then what? He's going to go down to lightweight where there's no easy fights and then he's just going to get beat up again. And then what's the difference from then to now? Yeah, yeah watch, I agree with that. Watching another Cowboy fight uh, is similar to me to like watching another Anderson Silver fight, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you don't want to watch your heroes go out like that, you know? I love Cowboy. I'm a huge fan, but I'm in the same mindset. It's just it's it's beating a dead horse, and it's just tarnishing his legacy every time he goes out there. Now, you know. Yeah, because I I love thinking about Cowboy when he's having his rivalries with Jamie Varner, Ben Henderson. You know the WC days, and then when uh, the WC got you know absorbed by the UFC, and then you get to see you know guys like him start making waves at the lightweight division and proving that the WEC wasn't B-class to the UFC's lightweight class. It was awesome. And now it's just like, man, like you you were there, right? He, he fought his way to the top, uh, never got the belt. But it's just, yeah, I just, I just don't want to see him get knocked out again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was like, um, I think I got into MMA a little later than, than some of you guys because mm-hmm. – uh, when I was first getting in was when he was having his rival. We hit, I said rival, we, his rivalry with, uh, Benson Henderson. And, uh, that was just like, that was like the first rivalry I saw mm-hmm. in MMA. And it was just, I don't know. It, it left a mark on me and, uh, it, it's just, it's sad to see now. And, and I just hope he goes out, you know, not on his shield. I just, I just don't want to see it because, dude, if you look at one, one through nine, because he's not going to fight Felder because him and Felder are friends. But if you look at one through nine, he doesn't stand a chance against any of those guys. Oh, at, he at needs to fight somebody unranked for sure. If he's going to have like a retirement fight, it has to be somebody unranked. Yeah, and he can't go, um, you know, uh, ten through fifteen because if you look at Islam Makachev, he would get you know out wrestled. Gregor Gillespie either out wrestle him or you know uh, knock him out, and then you know. Kevin Lee, I, that might be a fun fight because, you know, Kevin Lee is, uh, you know, not on like a crazy streak or anything. He hasn't fought in a long time. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But also, I, I think Kevin Lee is a, a better fighter than Cowboy right now. So it's like, I, I wouldn't want to see that. But I think, um, you know, and then Diego Ferreira or Drew Dober. But it's just like, yeah, n- none of those seem like too fun or exciting to to make it like a big thing. It's just like, uh, yeah, I, I would be much more happy if this point it's like yeah never mind about the last 
fight at 155. I'm just going to call it now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you for a lot of those reasons. I don't even know who at lightweight it would even make sense to for him to fight like outside of the top 15 in terms of just like having a recognizable name that Cowboy could even possibly beat. What I think would be interesting and who knows how this would work with Cowboy's personality. Um, I'd like to see him transition into coaching potentially. I know he has people at his like BMF ranch. He's got, I guess, I don't know if they're called barracks, but he has like rooms people stay in and there's a whole like team mentality that he has going on. Maybe, maybe focus on that and, and help other fighters get to come up. I mean, I'm sure he has a ton of connections still and could really help people out. Yeah. And it, and he's a great personality. It'd be cool to see him around the sports still, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about that one, but... <laughs> I think he's interesting. <laughs> he's a good dude. No, no, um, good dude, but I don't know if I, I'd want to see him as like a commentator or interviewing people. No, no, not a commentator. No, just just involved coach. with the sport. Yeah, involved with, with the sport. I think he, I think, I think he already coaches people just with everything I think he does I think he does something similar to like what Tim Kennedy does uh, I don't know if y'all know but like Tim Kennedy has like a, a camp that people come yeah. to and they they train for like what like a month at a time or something like that they stay there room and board whatever and then yeah I think Cerrone does something pretty similar he if I can't imagine that money is necessarily an issue for the guy you know I know if like famously he likes to spend it on toys and shit but he could probably maintain, I know he's done like some YouTube videos here and there, but if he did like an actual, like he transitioned into being like a legit, like YouTube personality almost, he lives an interesting enough life where I think he could sustain off it. For sure. Like vlogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think his vlogs could be pretty interesting. Yeah. I could see that. Sorry about that. So what were your guys' thoughts on uh, Rodriguez versus Watterson? That was wild. It kind uh, of uh, made me understand why the USC pushed so hard to get Rodriguez, um, you know, onto that uh, or into the States and everything with like her, you know, travel and wanted to make sure that they put her in that position because, uh, you know, you saw her performance, obviously Watterson's kind of like on the tail end of her career and they want to push this, uh, you know, newer fighter to the UFC. Obviously, she's a little bit older, but also, you know, she's on like a win streak now. So I, I, I feel like UFC kind of put her in that position because they're right, cool. Here's a new contender. If she wins, you know, somebody knew that we could push because you know they tried a couple times with Watterson, didn't work out, and you know, I, I think it, it worked out well for Marina. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought like I wasn't even excited about that match. Um, I think well, I think we like didn't even talk about it in the. You like? I think we talked about it for like a minute at the end of the last episode. For sure. Yeah. But but honestly, that fight was just uh, the big, best thing I could say about it is that it was just so entertaining. Like like I felt like Waterson. Yeah, she's on the tail end of her career, but there were so many times throughout the fight where i really thought even though she was getting dominated like she was somehow gonna win at, at certain points when especially when she was beating up the legs um 
I don't know. It was it was just it was just a lot of fun to watch that fight. It had me on like the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, but I still think she doesn't hold a candle to the champ. No, nobody does. Yeah, it, it's yeah the the gap is too big at this point, and um, right now anybody or any of those women fighting in that division just I, I don't see any real like you know opposition for the champ. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, if we're talking uh, Rodriguez still, yeah. At some point, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, I wouldn't mind her getting a chance to run it back with uh, Esparza. I think that fight would go differently this time. How so? I think she'd beat her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you had like maybe some insight on her, you know, advancement and her skills. Or I'm, you know, honestly. Uh, it was a split decision against us two, um, but you know, Carla, she has the same strategy every fight, right? So, um, if they did rematch, I I would hope Marina could game plan, be like, all right, cool, we know what she's gonna do. She and and it blows my mind that Carla is is successful as she is because she's so slow, right? With her, her her takedowns always look sloppy. Her she has no hands, which is you know it, it, it just blows my mind. Like when when I look at her and her position in, in the division, I'm just like, how is she still up there? It, it just like you know, it, it just makes me scratch my head sometimes. Grappling can be pretty powerful, man. Yeah, but and you know, yeah. as much trash as I'm talking on Carla though, but she's on a win streak, which is you know. Yeah, dude, I think she's got like like three fights. I have four. Uh, four. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think her most impressive victory to me was when she beat uh, Cynthia Calvillo when uh, Calvillo was on that run. And she just kind of put it on her and uh, shut down Calvillo's game. And I, th- that was like probably my favorite performance from Carlos Sparza. I was going to say, didn't she beat um, Claudia Gadelia? Uh, did she? Or did uh, she lose? No, she Claudia lost. Uh, she, she lost a split. I- uh, but that okay, was but a. I, I remember that fight. It was pretty competitive when um, she was supposed to get steamrolled. Yeah. So they couldn't re- do that rematch. I, I I wouldn't be mad at that. But she she needs a fight because she, she's been in, in, inactive for a minute. Um, you know, I I would like to say see that division. You know, stay busy and you know uh, keep their fighters busy. Uh, but you know, maybe they're gonna try to pace it out to keep the champ. Because you don't want the champ to run through everybody too fast, because then you know people start you know asking for super fights, um, or then you get all these rematches that don't make sense. So th- there might be a strategy to it. Yeah. You guys good? You guys seem pretty down tonight, or chilling, man. I mean, I think if we're if we're talking just the champs being dominant, it's going to be a scenario where Nunez and Valentina just have to fight again at some point. I could definitely see that. And I, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense running it back a third time, I guess, but eventually you're just going to run out of people from the fight. The thing is, it's just like the, it's just like the scenario with Volkanovsky and, and Holloway. It's like if anybody, well, maybe not per se, because I think Volkanovsky could be beat by other people, but for for Amanda Nunez, it's like, yeah, I've beaten you know Valentina Shevchenko twice, but the only person who's gonna possibly have a chance to beat her 
anytime soon, in my opinion, is Valentina Shevchenko. So it's like, I mean, let's just run it as many times as. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm curious about is I'm kind of good on on that fight just because, you know, we've seen it play out. And Bullet, I, I I think Bullet won the, you know, one of those fights. So, um, you know, I, I I argue that. But I would like to see someone like a Rose or a Wei Li, you know, step up because they're not that much smaller than, uh, you know, Shevchenko. So that I, I feel like we keep forgetting about the, the smaller women and, you know, they could bulk up and, you know, present a, a challenge, especially, uh, you know, I don't know if Rose can go on a run and be super dominant and make a case. But all right, cool. Like I've I've beat uh, if she rematches, Whaley beats her again. Boom! Right, that's somebody you cross off. She's definitely crossed off Yoana. Yoana doesn't deserve another shot at Rose. But then you know she could uh, fight uh, Yan Jiaonan, rank number three. But then it, it, at that point, like, all right, cool. Like Rose has beat the majority of the women in the top ten. She's on a streak. Let's let's try to promote a super fight because you know you see how popular she, rose is um and you know her and Val- valentine are cool but i think you could get them to agree to fight no bad blood just straight competition yeah i see that i honestly think uh shevchenko would dominate rose yeah there's like but, yeah <laughs> she she's too good but but that's the only other like fresh thing that you could do right yeah because if if amanda nunez still sits at the top of uh you know uh the the bantamweight um you know it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for her uh you know for valentina to, to bulk up why can't the smaller girls bulk up to valentina right it's it's true i, I think yeah I, I think that would be fun and um and I, I just don't get why a lot of people don't go that route instead of trying to push for the fight that we've already seen multiple times i, I would like to see valentina maybe fight this is maybe like an kind of outside the box idea i would like to see valentina maybe fight someone who's not the champ up like bulk up and fight somebody else other than nunez you know what i mean um like a contender in the class like like if nunez beats um uh she's fighting pena yeah juliana pena if nunez beats juliana pena uh, if Shevchenko does want that third fight with Nunez, uh, fight Juliana Pena. That I wouldn't be mad at that because look at uh, Pena, um, uh, mind you, um, who isn't ranked, uh, but a really talented fighter. Uh, that that would be a fun matchup, something fresh. Uh, you know, Valentina moving up to fight somebody bigger. Um, you know, who specializes in apparently what was uh, Shevchenko's weakness in her wrestling, but you know, she doesn't prove that she's not weak at wrestling. I, I wouldn't be mad at her doing, you know, what Anderson Silva did. Remember when he went up for fun to fight some 205ers? He fought Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner, and uh, James Irvin. Yeah. Does yeah. it have to be for the chip? Yeah. She's go up and do some fun fights. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that either because um, obviously she. Uh, she beat Holly Holm, who's back at Bantamweight, but there are, there's a whole crop of girls that she hasn't fought up there that she could hang with no problem. So, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. Look, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, just put the title. Like, it doesn't always, yeah, like, she's proven that she's she's already going to be in the Hall of Fame. She's a legend for sure. So um, it, it would be cool for her to go up and just do some fun fights, yep. especially when there's no contenders. Why not? So... Um, 
I guess we can talk about UFC 250 or excuse me 262, which is the pay per view this weekend, which I'm super stoked about. There's there's so many fighters that I didn't realize were fighting. Like um, I'm a huge uh, Jacques Ray Souza fan, even though yeah. he he's uh, you know never gotten the UFC gold, but like I just like swear he got he got robbed when he fought UL Romero. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, but you know, fair play to Robert Whitaker. You know, uh, but I'm I'm just still a, a fan of his style. Like I I followed him through Strike Force, and I'm just such a fan of uh, Jacques Ray. So I'm always stoked to see him fight, even if it's you know like a rough go. But I, I'm just such a fan, so I, I'm stoked to see him come back and see that he's still healthy enough to to still keep fighting. Um, I'm not very familiar with the person that he's fighting. Do you guys do you guys know about Andre Munoz? No, I, I'm 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 in the dark, just like you. Yeah, I've saying. never. So that's interesting. That's definitely um, a name. I'd be probably the biggest name that jumped out at me when I was looking at this card, who I didn't even realize was on it. Um, there was another fight. There was another Matt Schnell. He's fighting in the main card. Yeah, sure. we, were, we talked about him a few episodes ago. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna be awesome to see him fight again. I'm just curious why he went up in weight because he he um he was fighting flyweight, but this fight it's it's a bantamweight fight. So I'm curious to see if maybe uh you know he he wants to be one of those guys that bounces between. But I I really liked him at at, at flyweight. But um, yeah, I, if I were to guess, I would say it's just because the UFC is steamrolling out so many events at like such a quick pace that. They're just asking fighters to do kind of outside the box stuff just to be able to make the cards fill out properly, you know, and I could see I could see this being an example of that. It's it's interesting to me that this is a main a main a main card fight rather than having Jacare on there. But well, you got to think Jacare is on a losing streak. Matt Shell, uh, excuse me, Matt Chanel is, uh, you know, uh, somebody who they can push who's on a win. So, yeah, yeah. he's won like five of his last six, right? Yeah, yeah, and also uh, lighter weight guys, you know, headlining the card, so they're, they're probably trying to push the lighter weights in this card. Yeah, I'm down with it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked to see. Um, you know, before we get to the main card, uh, Lando Venata, he he's fighting Mike Grundy. Should be a good fight. I, I think uh, Lando's so talented, but I just don't. <laughs> it just seems like he can't put it together. Um, you know, he has serious skills. But uh, I, I just you know think he just kind of can't put it together, and that's what's holding him back. Uh, fun fighter to watch. I, I'm stoked to see this fight, but I'm um, I'm just curious to see uh, if he can you know get a W and maybe slowly continue to rise um, in his weight class because he he dropped down to featherweight. Um, but we'll see. It it seems like he just has a has a propensity of just ending up in like wars sometimes rather than oh, going yeah. out skillful, you know, which is, it's awesome to watch, but yeah, that's another fight on the prelims that jumped out at me. Um, I'm pulling for Lando though. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the Jamie Pickett versus Jordan, Wright, Just cause like uh, I watched, the I watched Dana White's contender series and Jamie Pickett literally went on there three times before he finally got his contract and I, and I think this is going to be his UFC debut I don't I don't think he's had a fight before this so uh, I'm excited to see a guy who who like 
went through that much, came back that many times to to get finally get his shot. And why didn't he uh, get the contract the first two times he, he fought on it? Uh, he lost both times. <laughs> oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I'm not familiar with him, so that's what I was asking. I, I was curious. Maybe he you know, didn't come out and you know knock the guy out or submit him, or maybe he had a boring performance. But, yeah, I, okay, if he lost twice, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah, but he lost against two guys who got contracts that night mm-hmm. off of their victory. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, he came back the third time on this last season and finally got the got the dub. Yeah, and the last fight on, on the prelim, we got Andrea Lee, that Nazi, versus Antonio Shevchenko, which I'm I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, you know, we got the younger Shevchenko sister. I I think she's uh, pretty talented. Uh, she, she has a couple losses, but I think uh, she can put it together. Um, I'm surprised that they have kept, um, you know, Andrea Lee around, especially since she's on a three fight losing streak. And all that weird controversy with her, uh, her husband. Um, so I, I think she. Oh, um, he, uh, they were photographed at a lake, if I remember correctly. And I'm, uh, he had all these Nazi tattoos. What the fuck? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh no, we're not Nazis. Those are old tattoos. Um, Was he in prison? I think so. Yeah. Wow. But it's like, okay, that's weird. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, it's still trash. But... Yeah, yeah no, no, for sure. That's that is by no means. That's just me trying to understand why she would be com- comfortable with somebody with a tattoo like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. crazy. How stupid can you be to post that tattoo? No, on for sure. Media? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, oh, that's crazy. How long ago was that? I didn't even hear about that. It had been like two years ago. It's been a minute. What the fuck? People don't forget, I guess. Well, yeah, well, it, it, it was a, yeah, I, I can't forget. But um, she's on a three-fight losing streak. I think if she loses this one, UFC is probably going to wash their hands with her because she was supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, pretty talented. And, you know, she obviously I, she's had tough competition, but that's you know, goes without saying when you fight in the UFC. So uh, when you're on a three-fight losing streak like this, it, it's rare that they keep you around. So for her to go on a four-fight losing streak, I think they'll definitely cut her after this one if she loses to uh, Antonio, uh, excuse me, Antonia um, Shevchenko. Yeah, man, I hope, I hope she loses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't feel bad for not liking her because of that. No, yeah. That I'm still trying to wrap. It's th- that that whole Nazi tattoo thing is news to me. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like Josh said, even being with someone like that, and and even letting that picture be taken. Like that's just crazy to me. Yeah. And but before I nothing to this fight. Now I'm actively rooting against her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's uh, crazy, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna find the, the the article to the link and, and I'll, I'll send it to you guys afterwards because you gotta um, read it. It's crazy. And yeah, she she came out and tried to like you know do her PR shit and be like yeah like oh it, it's old that's not like what we believe or whatever. But it's we just like cover it up. That's what a lot of people were saying, but it's just like there's a reason why that they didn't cover it up because I feel like they still feel that way, you know. Whoa. That's Chris, I know we criticize how much UFC fighters get paid. But she's got enough to cover her husband's Nazi tattoos. So uh, if True. she's not that way, she needs to cover them up or get a new husband. Yeah. So is 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 he part of her team? Yeah. Oh, so he like trains her, like is borderline like coach hand, handles her business kind of scenario. Hold on, I, I'm 
I don't know exactly, so I'm not like a big fan, but so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Best oh, you're not you're not a big fan thing. of her? No, I'm not a big fan of her. <laughs> uh, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so excited to talk about the first fight on the main card. But what do you uh, we just talked about it. You talking about match now? No, the main card, the first fight, Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. I thought okay, I I'm, I'm they have it um the website I'm looking at has it listed second, but oh. that fight is going to be amazing. I I I, 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 I I know that uh Shane Burgos brings it uh and you know, I I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of Edson Barbosa, right? Uh, yeah. You know, he, he had a sick run at, at lightweight, but uh, obviously ran into Khabib. Uh, you know, that Tony fight was just a, a bloody mess. Uh, but he's he's one and one at, at featherweight, right? So I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how he performs against Burgos. Obviously, Burgos is a younger guy, uh, you know, likes to come forward, uh, you know, super aggro. And I'm curious to see if Bar- Barbosa is gonna be able to handle that pressure because you because that's like a really good strategy against Barbosa is just you know don't give him space to to land his you know spinning stuff his kicks because that's what he specializes in right he has like the fastest switch kick in the UFC uh, we saw the the uh, spinning heel uh, kick knockout against um, God what the hell is that guy's name it, it, it's totally uh, evading me now I have to look it up uh, Terry Ter- Adam yes Terry Adam there you go thanks Jeff. Um, so I, I think if Shane Burgos, and I hate to say this, I think if Shane Burgos can just be in Barbosa's face and just not let him have any space to land his strikes, I think he can get him. Cause I, I, I think Barbosa, uh, he doesn't, he's not that durable anymore. And I hate to say that yeah. cause I, cause I, I love Barbosa. So I, I'm giving the edge to Burgos if he implements that strategy, but if he wants to stand, uh, you know, uh, at range with, uh, Barbosa, I don't think it's gonna be a good night for him. Nah. Uh, but man, he's definitely got the cardio. He could definitely put that pressure on and keep that pace up. Like that fight, I, I'm I'm seriously really excited for it. Um, freaking, I, I think it could be like this is probably the fight where like if Shane Burgos wins, you know, he's arrived. You know what I mean? Like. Like now's his time. Now he's going to start ascending the rankings, and you know we'll see where it goes from there. But you know if he if he loses, uh, might have another couple years before he really gets to, you know, because he's still a young dude. I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, but Edson Barbosa just like he's got a lot of experience. So I mean, it, it's it's a tough matchup, really. I I don't know if I see Shane Burgos winning, honestly. I mean, he's a. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's a pretty big uh, favorite. If you look at like the Vegas odds for it, yeah, he and, is. And uh, I just don't see. Uh, I, I I don't see him not winning this fight. Honestly, I think he's just going to pressure him and beat the shit out of him. I hope so. I really like Shane Burgos. <laughs> so that's where that's that's where my money's going on the pay line is a uh, is a Burgos by uh, TKO. You know. Yeah, and, and that makes me sad because, like I said, uh, Barbosa is one of those fighters that that I I really enjoy. Followed him for a long time. Uh, you know, he, he's in his new weight class, but he's he's one and one. And if we see him go one and two, 
we're going to start having those conversations, right? What was this a good move for him to go down? His, and his durability is like, I, I, his biggest downfall, right? Cause, uh, he, I don't think he can take a punch like he used to. So, uh, I, I just hope, uh, he can hang. Like, obviously I'm, I think Burgos is going to win, but if Barbosa can pull this off, cool. Maybe featherweight was a good move. And this talk of his durability and, uh, you know, him going down are going to be for different reasons. So I'm, I'm curious, but I honestly think with, uh, how, or the way Burgos fights, it's just might be too much for Barbosa. See, um, yeah, I think, Oh, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Obviously, I think regardless, it's just going to be su- it's such a fun matchup. You know, heavy pressure forward puncher, crazy kicker. Should yeah. I think no matter what, we get to see like extreme violence. <laughs> yeah, but and and if to to uh, Jamie's point with your point like about the kicks, you know, if Shane Burgos does try to stay at range and try to more like pick apart Edson Barbosa, that's where he's going to be at risk of you know getting his freaking legs chopped off. I think you guys are selling Edson Barbosa a little short here. Um, yeah, he got smoked by Khabib. Everybody does, right? And if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time he got like knocked out was against Justin Gaethje, which is that happens to just about everybody as well, right? Um, I had him beating Paul Felder when he lost via split decision to him, and the fight versus EJ was super close in my opinion. So I think he's very viable still, and I think he beats Burgos. All right. Well, I'm dude. Make a bet. What us three versus Jeff? No, no, no. I'm saying Jeff. Like, oh, like, oh. if 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 Burgos is such a heavy favorite, dude, go ahead and put it in. There's... I haven't even looked at the betting line on it or, or anything like that. I'll, I'll do a I'll do a bet with one of uh, you guys. No, I, I was gonna I say think he's a plus one twenty. There's um. Oh, wow. so that's close then. That's yeah, that's close. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's not a big, big line. But I was listening to Fighter and the Kid. They have a, a promo code for DraftKings. <laughs> Bet one dollar <laughs> on any fighter on the main card. If they win, you win a hundred dollars. Yo, don't ever do those though. I, I've never, never done it. It just said, "Is that is it a scam?" Oh, so they get you with you have to like play out a certain amount of things so you'll never get that money you just have to keep on using it so eventually it runs out josh uh, with the wisdom because I, I was ready to lay down my hard-earned dollar never take <laughs> the free play on any sports betting josh you will be trapped okay thank you josh i, I got you hit me hit me up afterwards we'll talk and i'll, and I'll get you i'll get you done proper okay <laughs> I appreciate that all right right on our, our our sports betting guy Josh White from Florida. Thank you. Dude, we got a <laughs> we got a legit panel now. I, I'm, I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> okay, so all right, so Jeff got some Barbosa. We all got Burgos. This is gonna play out pretty interesting. I'm I'm, I'm actually stoked for for that fight. Th- this whole main card is gonna be awesome. Uh, next fight we have Caitlin Chukagan who was calling for a title shot after her last fight, which I thought was a little ridiculous, but I wasn't gonna be mad at it because I would like to see you know some new uh you know faces uh challenge for the title but she doesn't deserve it right she, she's on a one fight win streak uh but it was it was just strange i'm all right she's she seems really confident but i don't think she could hang but uh you know like i said somebody who hasn't fought for the title yet i would i wouldn't mind seeing it at some point if she can string together a couple more wins but this girl that she's fighting um i'm gonna butcher her name vivian arujo so somebody correct me 
I had Araujo, but oh. yours sounds way more proper than mine, man. I just I just winged that. I can't even say it again. <laughs> I was gonna say like Araujo. All right, I like Luke's. Let's go with Luke. Um, Rolled the R, you know. She's uh she's on a two fight win streak, right? She she just beat uh, Roxanne Montefiore in her last fight. She's ten and two, uh, you know, newer fighter, uh, and I, I think I, I think she beats Chukagan if I'm being honest. You know, Chukagan's a bigger, bigger girl at that weight class, right? Uh, you know, she, she can impose her will on, on these smaller girls, but I, I think Vivian um, has way more technical skill in, um, you know, in all aspects versus Chukagan. So I'm, I'm pulling for Vivian in this one. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. Um, I wasn't overly impressed by Chukagan, and yeah, I agree with you. I uh, I I want that to be what happens, okay. but I do kind of see Chugagan just uh, smothering and winning a really boring decision. Honestly, yeah, she's being a bully with her big size, her big yeah. body. Yeah, and she has like what, probably said. five inches. Yeah, yeah, she, she's a big girl. Let's see, but she's boring. She never has she finished anyone ever. Um, has she, yes, she no, never mind. Uh, she got she got finished. I'm like looking at her record, she got finished. Uh, yeah, last girl she finished was back in 2016. It was a knockout with a knee against Stephanie Braga. I don't know, some Russian somebody, master. yeah, but, but this was like <laughs> CFFC way back in the day, so it, it's, it's been a minute. All of all of her wins, um, have been uh, decisions since then. Yeah, so. there's no oh. way Dana White possibly even would want to give her a championship no. shot. So for a point of reference for me, like what I, this is going to sound kind of fucked up, but what I know her as is someone who just got brutalized by Valentina Shevchenko, right? Just one of those fights where it didn't even feel like it was close at all. Mm-hmm. And I think she, I think she lost to Andrade. No, on, let me, I'll pull it up. Yeah, Andrade TKO'd her. So there's that. I'm not not super faithful that she's going to win, and if she does, it's probably going to be kind of boring. If I can be honest, I just don't understand how this is on the main card out of all the fights. I think it's because they're trying to push like women's MMA, and maybe they think it's going to be exciting. I'm not convinced it's going to be exciting. No, but. no, I, I think they're they're just um, taking a chance and trying to maybe push that Vivian girl just because she's uh, like a, a newer face who hasn't been up there, and if she can beat someone. Like Chukagan, who has you know she 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 has a name. People know who Caitlin Chukagan is. Um, you know, I, I think that's what they're hoping. Which sucks because obviously, when you think about oh, like uh, the boss is setting up this fighter to lose, but um, you know, weird things have happened. But I think that's what's going on with that fight, and that's how it's gotten gotten in that position. Because you could easily um, you know sub that for the Andrea Lee versus Antonio. Or Antonia Shevchenko, right? Because same weight class uh, and same rec- uh, name recognition. Because obviously the Shevchenko name, younger sister, has uh, you know that that popularity. But who knows? They they probably don't want Andrea oh. Lee on the on yeah. the main card. They're like we don't want these we don't want these Nazis <laughs> on the main card. Like they're probably paper-view. letting her. They're probably just letting her finish out her fight contract, or whatever, and then she's. Where would she go? I don't care where she goes. She's, she's, I, I've never really been interested anyway. So to hell, <laughs> yeah, go to hell. Um, but 
Okay, the the next two fights, obviously two really important fights in the lightweight division. I'm, you know, and when I'm looking at Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush, I'm just thinking like, Benil, you worked so hard to get in this position, but you're going to get wrecked. Oh, he's getting dominated. Because okay, when I look at Benil, I, I think he's he's he moves so slow, right? He moves so slow. His um, his uh, stand up is kind of awkward, right? He throws these big looping punches. He's willing to get in these weird brawls. And if you're going to get in these brawls with Tony Ferguson, who is way more accurate, his longer reach than you, it, it's not going to be a good night. And and I doubt they would go to the ground, but if they do, that'd be pretty interesting to see them, you know, uh, see what kind of, uh, you know, uh, game plan either of them would um, in, like implement because they're both really good at jujitsu. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. But when, when I look at that match, I'm just like, this is Tony Ferguson's fight to lose. Yeah. I, I don't see any way Tony Ferguson loses this. Like he's going to slice them up. I mean, Darius has a really big frame for the division. Like every time I see him fight, he looks like he's in a different weight class like he he looks like he's fighting at welterweight or something um but he's also like gassed by the end of the first round every single fight um i don't know tony ferguson's just gonna put the pace on him and slice him up he he sounds super motivated to win this fight for sure i don't know did you guys watch the press conference today tony ferguson Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, he's like, he's ultra fired up, and it, he, he made it sound like he completely, you know, lost to Oliveira, lost to Gaethje, and it sounds like he just completely modified his personal life and his training regiment, just solely focusing on MMA again. So I think if we get a vintage Tony Ferguson performance, he beats Dariush. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. I'd like for it to happen because I like Tony Ferguson, but I think Darius is going to beat him. I think Darius wow. is either either on the feet or, or via submission. I think I think that Darius is just on a sick one these past few fights, and we don't really know how badly Tony Ferguson got changed and fucked up in that Gaethje fight. He took some very serious damage and looked like an entirely different person when he fought Oliveira, right? Like a shell of himself. And other than him, like saying things like he changed his training camp and, you know, he's motivated and stuff like that. He's pretty old, man. And he's taken a lot of damage in his career. Maybe he's turned the corner in a wrong way. I think he has to prove himself in this fight for sure. But I think I think Benil Dariush is surging, and I could definitely see him beating Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I got to completely agree with Jeff on this one. I think Ferguson's awesome. You can never count him out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you've got uh, someone who's great on the ground, someone who is, you know, very pressure heavy and can stand with you. Uh, like I said, Ferguson, I could definitely see him pulling a knockout, but if this thing goes to decision, I, I definitely would give it to Darius, and uh, I just think that Ferguson is definitely on a steady decline. It seems like. I mean, I listened to him today on the UFC Unfiltered podcast, and he just sound like a kind of like a madman to me. 
Yeah, he, dude, he, it doesn't make sense when he talks. Well, hasn't right? he always? Yeah, that, that seems normal for him. <laughs> I'd be worried if he sounded normal. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it, it's just hard for me because, okay, we, we look at Tony Ferguson's last two losses, right? It, he, he got uh, you know TKO'd by uh, Justin Gaethje, right? When was the last time Tony Ferguson was TKO'd? Never, right? That, that was the first time. Okay, and then he lost the you know the unanimous decision against Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he got he got dominated, but it's not like he was uh you know not there or you know or having his his uh, chin checked. I feel like he was still in that fight. He just you know he, he just uh got out grappled, which happens. You know, obviously Oliveira is like super talented, and even with his and you got to think even with his injured arm that he got in the first round, he was still able to go the distance with Charles Oliveira. I think that's hard. I'm sorry. I said he's hard as fuck. He's Tony Ferguson. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. So it's just like if if Oliver couldn't put him away when he had one arm, like come on, dude. I don't know, man. I think we're lightly brushed. You you said he's been TKO'd once, right? For yeah. sure, I agree with that. But we need to put in perspective the way he was TKO'd, and in that in that instance, I think his toughness kind of got in the way of it a little bit and caused him to take way more damage, man. Like he was getting lit up by Gaethje just about that entire fight. And it caught up to him in like, I think it was round four, or round five. And he was just over and over and over again, taking punches that would finish most other people, but he's Tony Ferguson. He's tough as fuck. He didn't go down. Right. I think taking that kind of damage from a guy like Gaethje could just, it could negatively change somebody. And I'm not convinced that it hasn't changed him in that kind of a way, given his age and given how many people he's fought in the past and some of the wars he's, the war he, he got in with, uh, with Groovy, Lando Venata, who's going to be fighting. That's another one where he got, he got touched up, didn't get put away because he's just super, he's hard, right? But I think enough of that with someone that's at his age, it can catch up to him. And I don't know, man, I I hope it hasn't caught up to him. Like, I'd love to see him win. You know what I mean? I'd love to see a guy like Tony Ferguson get a, an actual, like, non-interim UFC championship belt. I'm, I just, he's got to, ha- he's going to have to beat Benil Dariush in very dominant fashion. And I'm just not convinced that he's going to be able to. Really? Like, I, I'm looking kind of skeptical, honestly. Really? See, I, I think the fact that he didn't get finished by Charles says a lot, right? It, it does. It does. Now. For sure. All right, Luke, back me up. Okay. So, <laughs> well, so, so I think it's, I think it's a, it's a big swing fight. Cause it's like, uh, uh, if Darius wins, then not only is now he, like I was saying about Shane Burgos earlier, now he's arrived, right? He beat Tony Ferguson. He's arrived into the contention picture. Right. But on the, the other side, if Tony Ferguson loses, Right. You know, what are we talking about here? How how Charles Oliveira has been in the UFC how many years? Like forever, right? Mm-hmm. He was ranked number 10 and he beat Tony Ferguson and now here he is in a title fight. Right? Or he was ranked number eight. Did I say 10? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, he was ranked number eight and then suddenly he beats Tony Ferguson in a title fight. Tony Ferguson loses his fight. What does that say about Charles Oliveira's win over him? You know, like, like did Gagey or, and all those wars just catch up to Tony Ferguson so much? Like this guy, 
and I'm not knocking Charles Oliveira, but it, it just kind of makes me question like a lot of the way the lightweight division has been balanced based off Tony Ferguson's recent losses. Uh, it, it's just it's just all interesting to me, but I, I just don't I don't see like when I watch Darius fight, he's so slow. And and he not only is he already slow, he gets gassed in the first round. Uh, so I, I just can't imagine a guy who gets gassed in the first round and is slow beating Tony Ferguson. You're going to find out. <laughs> I, I, Sorry, I, I just like rambled. There. No, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I, I, I love it. No, it's close, man. You Hey, I think you guys are making super valid points. I just think if the Gaethje-Ferguson fight never would have happened, Ferguson rolls through Oliveira. I know Oliveira is like surging and he, and I, and I'm not undermining his skill whatsoever. We're going to get to that, you know, cause in the next fight or whatever, but I, I just think that Gaethje fight changed him, man. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. Is like how much like was Oliveira's win over Tony Ferguson, really a win over Tony Ferguson. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was. Yeah. I, I think he might've, might've come back too soon. And like he said, he didn't, he trained what he said, like five minutes or, you know, very little jujitsu for that fight. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? Ferguson is just a borderline psycho, man. So maybe he, maybe he pulls it off. Maybe I'm just totally looking at it the wrong way. Right. I would love, I would love for him to prove me wrong. He's going to, he's going to have, he's going to have an easy night. I'm going to say that right now. I don't oh, wow. know. When's the, last, it, when's the last time? Okay, even in his in his wins, when's the last time he's had an easy night? Well, because okay, his are like wars, dude. Because yeah, he's Anthony he's actually piecing him up. Because he's he's yeah. fighting top competition. Oliveira, no, sure, I agree. Oliveira, Darius, look at their run to where they're at now. There's not a lot of top guys that they beat. I know, dude. Ferguson, I would argue that he hasn't been given. Maybe Cowboy was kind of an easy fight for Ferguson, but Cowboy was sort of surging at the time. You know what I mean? And they kind of fed they fed him to Ferguson. But, dude, he's had the toughest road, man. Wars. War after war yeah. after war. And chins and don't – you can't train your chin. That just – it just gets worse after all those wars. Well, Oliver couldn't even knock him out. He had one arm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If if I had one arm, and I can't, and you can't knock me out. I, you know, I will say about that fight. Um, seeing Tony Ferguson not tap to that. How do I word this? It surpassed the Dan Hardy George St. Pierre fight. Remember when Dan Hardy didn't tap, mm-hmm. and St. Pierre was just bending his arm almost completely backwards, and he lasted the whole fight. The armbar that Oliveira had Ferguson in and the way he was bending it seemed so much grosser. Like, I think if that round wouldn't have stopped Ferguson arm, Ferguson's arm would have been completely broken. He would have snapped it. Can we ask our resident uh, veteran jujitsu player here, Josh, why didn't Oliveira break his arm? Yeah. How did no. that happen? I really don't know. Uh, maybe it's just because Tony Ferguson, like you said, how tough he is. Maybe he's so tough to his own detriment because I feel like if that round didn't stop, like you said, his arm would have been just on the floor. 
I don't, I don't understand that. It makes me sick to my stomach seeing an arm in that position. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But yeah, th- this this is the fight that I'm I'm honestly like got my eyes on because uh, obviously two guys that train here in Orange County, local to me, um, and I'm always biased to the Orange County fighters. But when it comes to you know two guys from the same area, I'm going with the one that I favor more, Tony Ferguson. So it's it's gonna be a crazy crazy fight. That's the one. That's the fight that I'm so excited for. Main event should be cool, but I'm so excited for this co-main. No, I love that fight, and I also want to clarify. I do not hold Tony Ferguson in the same category that I would hold a cowboy or like a Chris Weidman or something like that. Right? It probably sounds like I'm holding him in that category just because okay. he's fighting all his fights. I'm not. I think he's got a ton left in him. You know what I mean? And I'm a big fan of his. I just think in this particular, with the way things are stacking up right now, I think Darius beats him. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm with Jeff. I do think Darius beats him, but also with the, how tough he is and him knowing that he's the underdog, knowing that a lot of people are counting him out. I, I, I would be happy to see him uh, do something awesome here and show everyone that he is uh, like still, you know, a uh, high level dude not to be messed with, not to be overlooked. Because I hear a lot of people echoing what me and Jeff are saying about him and almost talking to him like talking about him like, you know, oh, he's like washed up or something. But he's only lost, what, two fights in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, two fight losing streak. Like, I don't understand why UFC fans so much can be like count someone out after a couple losses because that's insane. Yeah, high right. level people fighting high level people, you're going to win, you're going to lose. Yeah, and we talked about that like a couple episodes ago because uh, we brought up the uh, the difference between like boxing and MMA. Like uh, traditionally in MMA, you take L's. You know, in boxing, you can have an undefeated career. In MMA, it's just a completely different world in that sense. But I think a lot of new fans don't realize that. Yeah, I agree with that. So here's the good question. Say Ferguson wins. Say he just dominates Dariush. What do you do with him then? Conor McGregor. No, no I'm, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm down. I, I, think, I, I would I'd love to see that. I think he beats McGregor. Honestly. Yeah, for, I, I think so too. Yeah. M- McGregor has a big McGregor stand. Um, me too, dude. I like him. I, I feel like. Tony can slide right into that title shot. Well, but what if they give him Gaethje again? No. You think, you, you think they run that back and he beats him? I think he can no, beat him. No, I, I, I think uh, Gaethje is uh, not in their good graces. I think he, he got skipped over for a reason, and I think it's going to be a minute before he gets that opportunity. Then was that leave Poirier, who, if he beats McGregor, is going to fight for the title? Uh, yeah. No, Poirier has to get in line. No, we'll, we'll do Gaethje Poirier three. Or two. Hey, I'd be down for that. Um, Gaethje Poirier won. I consider that to be kind of a classic. And I, I'm, I honestly think if they ran it back, I think Gaethje would beat Poirier. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Poirier's too Poirier, good, man. Poirier so. he, puts a, on that. He's a full package. Poirier's he has it all. I, I, I honestly think Poirier beats everybody. Right now, um, obviously Khabib's gone, right? I think that, you know that's the only one he probably couldn't beat. But I think Poirier beats Gaethje, Oliveira, Chandler, Ferguson. That that whole top fifteen, 
I think I agree. Poirier is just too good. I think he like the thing is Poirier, and this is what I thought after the Dan Hooker fight. Uh, I thought this going into the Conor McGregor fight. Me and Jamie talked about it on my first podcast with him. Um, I thought the first round with Conor McGregor would be a feeling out process because you know Conor likes to pick people apart the first round, but after that, it's you know fair play. Um, but I thought in the second round, and I picked Poirier in that fight. Um, in the second round, Poirier would pick up the pace, which I think he's learned in the past few fights is that he has that kind of cardio that he can just, especially from the Dan hooker fight, he could just start swinging, you know? And I think, uh, I think now that he kind of gets that, it's almost like, I don't want to compare it to like Max Holloway, but like, like I'm going to, (laughs) uh, the, the learning that you can put on a pace like that and the fact that he is still powerful and big for the division and able to put on that pace, that's just a, that's a crazy combination. And you got to think he has the confidence even more now than before. You know, he knocked out Conor McGregor. Who knocked him out. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he's you know, beat Gaethje. Uh, you know, he, yeah, I, I just don't see people... Like, you know, um, like I don't see anybody in that division that can pose a, like a real threat to Dustin Poirier right now. Like, I, I think the best matchup for him would be Tony Ferguson. I'd love to see that again. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll watch Poirier fight anybody. I just think he's such a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, he's awesome. I just think that Gaethje versus Poirier won that Gaethje wasn't really disciplined. I mean, it's well documented that he learned from that loss. Um, I think he was winning that fight and then kind of let it slip away from him because he just went too crazy and turned it more into a war. I think a disciplined Gaethje is a much more dangerous Gaethje. And I think it looks different when they fight again. I just think Poirier is so much more durable. Yeah. And, and- hey, hopefully we get to find out. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't see because I, I Gagey's he, he's just too reckless. Yeah, but also when's when's Poirier gonna hit that point where he's been in too many wars, you know, and then his chain chin starts Never. to deteriorate. You don't think? <laughs> Never. No, that's the diamond you're talking about. He just gets stronger. Yeah. Um, All that hot sauce. Dude, he's been training with uh, Josh Fabia, training up his chin, bro. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at it. I don't see. Yeah, he, he fights Gaethje again. Because look how easy Khabib put Gaethje away. Look how easy he puts everybody away. Yeah, but that no, but I, I'm talking about we're, we're talking about the Gaethje that ran through Tony Ferguson, right? The, the yeah, new no, improved Gaethje. Sure. Yeah, because Khabib's. The fucking lightweight goat, man. I think that's more of a testament to how good Khabib is. And the and the craziest part about that fight to me is that Khabib was walking him down on the feet. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I think we're kind of I, I think you're giving Gaethje too much praise for his skills when he's not that good. I agree. And and this is us speaking in terms of these the highest of high level fighters, right? So when you put him w- in with Dustin Poirier, I think 
Poirier just smokes him. Poirier is way Poirier has and I'll say this, I might catch heat with this, but I think Poirier has better coaching. Mike Brown is a better coach than Trevor Whitman. That's all that's what I'll say. I think they're both great. No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, Mikey Brown, former featherweight WC champion, is better than Trevor Whitman because he, he's just he's just good. The resume speaks for itself. How about this? If if there's a world in which Poirier and Gaethje fight again, I'll bet you on it. I'll put money behind Gaethje versus Poirier. I'm I'm down. Uh, let's let's do it. You're 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 lucky. Kiesa and uh, Covington hasn't got matched up yet. You too, Luke. I, I'm, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that from both of you guys since Luke's here now. Uh, but yeah, l- let's do it. Mark it. Write it down. Th- th- save this. Poirier, Gaethje too. I'll take your money. How much you talking? How much you talking, Jeff? How much would I? I would do. I would do a minimum of like 50 bucks on Gaethje. Let's do 75 so I can buy a video game with that. With your money. With I'll your money, I'm getting a free video game. That's fine. Let's shake on it. All right. Virtual handshake. Let's go. Dang, Jeff. I hate to see you lose money like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 great. All right. That's all right. He's going to win it back on the Kiesa and Kobe Covington. Man, I'm going to be handing out. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to send out a couple hundred to, to these two for that one. Um, Whatever, dude. Uh, no chance. Okay. Well, can we get to the main event? <laughs> we, we spent so much. We talked so much. Oliver. We didn't even mention Chandler. But this this main event, it's 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 fun. But I just feel like Oliveira got there off of one win. That's what I was saying. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think this should be a title fight at all. Granted, he okay. He's on a win streak, but go look at his go look at his win streak. Right? There's maybe one, two top guys that he fought, maybe. But then when you go to the other actual top contenders that Oliveira's fought, they're all L's. So I'm not that impressed by him. I'm happy for Chandler, right? Chandler came in and just did what he was asked. So I, I can't be mad at him, right? He agreed to so many fights that people turned down. And when he finally got a fight that somebody agreed to, he went out there, put on a performance, did what a lot of people can't do. So he got rewarded sure. for that, right? And sure. and really good Dan Hooker. And he, he came into the organization with a really good resume. It's not like this is some random guy from the regional circuit that was hot. No, this is like former face of Bellator, the former champion over there at Bellator, right? So this is a long time coming and he, he's you know showing that he is UFC caliber. So I'm not mad at Chandler for being in this position. I'm just kind of just like wishing it was somebody else. Like, like I, I wish Poirier didn't take the McGregor trilogy, right? But I get it, he wants the money, but he wouldn't have wanted to fight Chandler anyways, but I just wish it would have been somebody else. But to to me, I, I just think Chandler's gonna run through him. Easy. This is the the the, the co main main event gonna be so short. So is there is, I, I agree with that. Is there something to be said about the fact that Poirier went through an absolute war with Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler came out and just starched him. Chandler got some power, man. I don't. And, and honestly, I'll say this. I was picking Hooker to beat Chandler. I was too. So I, I, I have no idea. 
I have no idea. He he came in, made me eat my words. Say that again, Jeff. I had Chandler in that fight. You did. <laughs> you did. Um, but do you guys think Oliveira is going to pose a real? Because okay, you got to look at their their specialty, right? Oliveira, jujitsu specialist. Mike Chandler, high level wrestler. You're talking about the guy who trains I, with Kamaru Usman for wrestling. Yeah. Like. I think usually the 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 wrestler wins that. Let's go back to our jujitsu yeah. specialist down there. I mean, Oliveira is so good on the ground, but I just don't think that Chandler will actually let him take it there. I think he, I say he's going to stuff every takedown, you know, and then just beat the hell out of him standing up. Yeah, because you you, you got to think Oliveira, Dan Hooker, similar frames. Yeah, because Chandler, yeah. Chandler's the the shorter guy. He's the guy that's going to have to close the, close the distance, get in on him, and he proved that he had no trouble doing that against somebody like Dan Hooker. So I'm guessing he's not going to have that issue with Oliveira. Yeah, I I don't see a world where Oliveira wins this fight. I think we all agree on something right now. Yeah, I think I think uh, Michael Chandler is going to go go in there and just slice through him like a hot knife through butter, man. I think he's going to put. So much adversity on Charles Oliveira, and we're gonna we're gonna see kind of the old Oliveira that kind of like folds under that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. I think in his wins, where he, you know, the win streak he's on, he's just been pretty dominant throughout all of them. You know what I mean? He didn't face a whole lot of adversity. He didn't face any adversity against Ferguson. Um, he, I guess, the Lee fight was a little bit back and forth kind of like in round one. But I think, I think Michael Chandler is just going to go in there and put it on him, man. Yeah. I think it's a first round finish for Chandler. Yeah, yeah maybe. And and I also want to comment on what you guys said about Poirier earlier. Um, I think Poirier taking the McGregor fight, not even necessarily because the money or whatever, obviously there's a big incentive there. I think he's just so confident that he's going to beat McGregor that it's the same as getting a title shot. He's just going to get more money out of it. It's just a win-win. Yeah, I think I think it takes yeah. a lot of balls, man. I think so too. I'm not. I you know I wish he was in the title fight because this is uh you know something where I feel like he earned right because he for for circumstance right could could be relinquished the belt. And you, if, if you looked at the lay of the land, Dustin Poirier on a win streak knocked out Conor McGregor, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like some weird decision win. He no, he went out there and put on a performance, and it's just like he should have been, you know, the A side to this fight. Uh, you know, if it was going to be Oliveira, Chandler, Gaethje, whoever, uh, Dustin Poirier deserved to be in that fight. And I, I, I just wish he didn't go with the trilogy, but obviously. I'm sure with Conor McGregor wanting it so bad and then the UFC wanting to, you know, kind of please Conor because he has that kind of power. They're just like probably they probably offered Dustin ridiculous money. And we're like, hey, let's just do this. Let's let's all make money. Right. And I, I honestly think money is the big factor because for, for him to yeah. just go out and get another W on a guy that, um, you know, that he destroyed. Right. Obviously, they're one and one now, but it's like there's a clear skill gap between those two when you watch that fight. Right. Because McGregor came back. It's and he got calf kicked and it's just like, dude, you should have, you know, you should have studied that. That's been going on, 
But, you know, he'd been gone for so long doing all the other stuff, which is fair play. He, he made a ton of money doing the other stuff, but it's just like he, he doesn't belong in there right well, it now. Was, it was just so weird how he came out not like Conor McGregor at all. Like he came out, I mean, I guess like recent Conor McGregor because he came out in a boxing stance. But in MMA, yeah. he's he's been this karate stanced, you know, uh, dodging the calf kicks, you know, by being light on his feet you know stuff like that but in that fight he was just so flat-footed boxing stance it was, it was so weird yeah it's I, I think he overlooked poirier and was just trying to was trying to angle for that fight with pacquiao which i'm glad didn't happen because i think pacquiao would beat the shit out of him in a boxing oh, match yeah. like, violently like there, that would go so awfully for him sorry jamie i think i cut you off a little bit Oh, I, I was just gonna say it's because he wasn't playing touch butt in the park. That's why his uh, his stance <laughs> and his movement was kind of it's kind of off. But yeah, I, I'm sick of this. Uh, these people wanting to go to boxing. It's like okay, if if you want to go do boxing, just leave MMA because it's clear and proven that you, you if, if you're the 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 top of the game, you can't you can't juggle more than one thing at a time to stay at the top, the highest level, because you got so many hungry people who want what you have. It, and it's, it's, it's so true. Look at the champions over time that have tried to do the acting thing while they're champ. It's like, no, you get distracted, you lose focus and then you get beat. Right. Unless you're GSP who never, never strayed away, always stayed focused. Well, I think there's an inclination for these fighters to get into boxing simply just for the payday though. Because if you're not Conor McGregor, like look at uh, boxing salaries compared to you know MMA salaries, so maybe that's like the big reason why they want to dip their foot in there so they could just get like a little bit better compensated and then go back and doing what they like to do, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I think boxing, it it's such a hyper focused like singular skill set that just about and any MMA fighter that goes in against a top level boxer is going to be at a huge disadvantage. Like, do you, I don't, I don't personally think that Nganu should be fighting Tyson Fury, which it sounds like he's trying to angle for that. I think Tyson Fury would murder Nganu, dude, in a boxing match. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think yeah. MMA is getting big enough where I wish there wasn't that type of an incentive like Josh was talking about to try and do a boxing match just so you can get paid. Right. You know what I mean? But it's kind of the world we're in right now. And people always, people always like to say like, Oh, why doesn't this boxer fight MMA against this MMA fighter? Why is it always the MMA fighter fighting in boxing? And I mean, there's the reason right there. The money's in boxing. Kind of, kind of. If you guys, Saw the Forbes article that came out earl- earlier this week. Oh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor topped yeah. that list of making you know the highest paid athlete in the world with no boxing in the time frame that they had announced. And so that was because of his whiskey brand. Hey, wait, wait, wait. And then so finish your thought, Jamie, because I got I've got I'm skeptical about that. I got questions about that list. Okay. Go get your bag, right? He 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 made his name, right? Um, and he was able to to go and create his whiskey business, get all these sponsorships without boxing. Right. Obviously he, he did the boxing. Um, you know, it helped grow his name a little bit, but he was already a superstar before that. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I preface unless you're Conor McGregor. Yeah. 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 He's yeah, the but, only one who gets paid that way. But bingo, but other fighters can too. 
I don't Nate know. Nate Diaz got a two million dollar payday, didn't he? When uh, when Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz too, didn't he get a two million dollar payday? Uh, I think he got a piece of the pay per view. Granted, that was a Conor McGregor fight, but yeah. yeah. So here, here's my question about that list. Okay, where was Canelo? Canelo makes a shitload of money. We're referencing boxing, and he's just extremely wealthy. Doesn't he pull like 30, 40 million per fight? And he's um, been active. Well, I, don't, I don't understand how he didn't get on that list. Because I think that time frame he was wrapped up in that that DAZN deal, so they're probably fucking him. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, that that's the only thing that I can think of. Okay, yeah. So, um, in 2020, they're saying that Canelo pocketed roughly 50 million dollars combined for his first two fights with uh, DAZN. And poor Canelo. That's why you got to be Conor McGregor. Fuck boxing. You just got to be smart and go create your own business. Go. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put that in my notes for my inspiration. Be Conor McGregor. Okay. What's up, Josh? But I mean, if you're in the UFC and you're a high-level guy and you take some bullshit boxing match, well, not bullshit, you know, fight a, a real boxer, but even if you lose and get a giant payday, you can just be like, well, I'm not a pro boxer. I'm an MMA fighter. I do full fighting. And there's really no, it's like kind of like a win. Even if you lose, it's a win for you if you get that kind of payday, you know? You, it's a relative uh, excuse too. Yeah, you have a great excuse. Oh, I'm not really a boxer. This is a world class. Like nobody really judged Conor McGregor for losing that fight, that boxing match. You know, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, of course he's gonna lose," but he made a boatload of money off of it. And then it's like, and that, and like the whole argument of like, why don't these guys come to MMA? It's like, of course they're not gonna come to MMA. They're not gonna. Some dude who's done six months of jujitsu in a camp isn't gonna be able to fight a, a grappler. You know. Yeah, it'll be uh, Randy Couture versus James Tony. That's that's how it'll always play out. So, I think Conor McGregor and his rise was just like lightning in a bottle, combined with crazy timing and combined with like McGregor's personality and genius. And I I feel like it's going to be really hard for another fighter to replicate it. Like, dude, I had more fun watching Conor McGregor where a suit pinstriped with the words fuck you over and over again, making fun of Floyd Mayweather, right? More than I had more fun doing that than, than the actual fight itself. And I don't think there's, I mean, maybe someone else is going to come along, but there's not a lot of UFC fighters that have that type of personality where it comes off as authentic and can actually pull it off. Like Kevin Lee was kind of trying for a while and it came off super inauthentic and it made me dislike him. I think it would take a very particular kind of person and there's a, a lot more than just like the whiskey business and stuff. Why Conor McGregor's in his position? Well, it's because he had his whole country backing him, and that yeah. that, that that will never happen for anybody but that, else. But that only happens if you have that kind of charisma and, and genius of a of a Conor McGregor. Yeah, but right, he's the first, and I think the last. No, uh, what yeah, yeah. Uh, they can't come after because it's already we we've seen that right. So nobody's nobody's gonna want to rally against because they're gonna be like, oh, this is just another Conor McGregor thing. It's like, yeah, people aren't gonna be that excited. Yeah. And for him to, yeah, and just like Jeff said, he came in and did everything they said he was gonna do, 
And it just kept building, like, holy shit, is he really going to do this next thing? And he, it kept building and building and building. And then I, I really feel like he fucked himself when he went and took that boxing match. Because if he would have stayed and just did MMA, I, I think he would have performed way better against Khabib if he didn't have that time in between Absolutely. and they booked that fight sooner. Yeah, for sure. I, You know, I think Khabib wins that fight 10 out of 10 times. But I think people are kind of sleeping on the fact that in round one, Connor was was pretty good in neutralizing Khabib's grappling. Like, I know he got taken down or whatever, but he immediately put his back up against the fence. Khabib couldn't gain any more position on him, and it took him a couple rounds to, like, really wear him down. And I think his performance against Khabib is one of the better performances besides, I guess, the weird Ally Aquinta one. That I don't anyone count had, that one. Yeah, that, like... anyone, that anyone has had against Khabib in his in his last couple of years, you know? Like, I, I think mean, he I, gave him a pretty good run for his money, even though I he mean, lost. I mean, he was he was doing damage to Khabib from the bottom. Khabib, like... Khabib definitely dropped him with an overhand right, though. Oh, yeah. That yeah was well, crazy. <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend like Khabib, like, outboxed him, though. It's because of the, yeah, yeah. The, the threat of the takedown. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, I mean, Connor was literally doing damage to Habib from the bottom. When have you seen somebody do damage to Habib from the bottom? For literally sure. Literally never. I think and, Ferguson would have if they would have fought. I could see that because he's he'll just sneaky with those elbows. Yeah. Um, and and it's wild. Come to think of it, even in the last Poirier fight, when Poirier got uh Connor up against the the cage in the uh in the first round. Man, Connor was hitting him hard. Like, like I've never heard. Like, granted, it was one of those, you know, no crowd uh, environments. But you know, I've watched plenty of those over the last year, and I've never heard the smack of the knee and the elbows from the clinch on TV like that quite as clear and as hard as I heard like Connor hitting uh, uh, Poirier in that first round. So, uh, he's just he's just impressive in in a, in a lot of areas that you don't think he is. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll bring it back to where we were before. The point I was trying to make is, I don't know that we're going to see somebody that reaches like the multicultural, worldwide level of fame that McGregor has, and it has a lot to do with his personality. Um, maybe Israel Adesanya, if he would have beaten Jan, I think could have come close to it. But didn't pan out that way, dude. Yuri, I I would love for that to happen. I'm so down. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in the UFC right now that could get to McGregor's caliber. Because if they're not already making those kinds of waves, it's already too late. Yeah, it's impossible. Uh, well. Main event should be sick. UFC 262 is going to be awesome. But did you guys watch PFL or uh, Bellator? Because obviously uh, Rumble Johnson had his fight. And then we saw Fabricio Verdun with his controversy. That was bullshit, by the way. The Fabricio, the, the Fabricio Verdun thing, the guy clearly tapped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just glad that it got overturned. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys followed up on it, but it, yeah. it, it got overturned, which is which is nice. But then it just kind of fucks up the whole tournament because now what do you do with uh, Verdum because he took all that damage, you know? Yeah. 
um, Rumble fight was crazy. He was getting beat up a little bit there in the beginning. Like I, I wasn't expecting that. Obviously, he came came back and just rumbled him into the fucking dirt and whooped his ass. But I don't know. And and then what do you do with Rumble now? Now that he got now that he got arrested for that like identity theft thing, did Bellator make a statement on is he still in a tournament? Like what? What's that? What's going to happen with that? I haven't seen anything on it, but I, I'm sure he he still will be um, unless he has Hope to so. serve time. Uh, but it, but it is weird that he was using somebody else's credit card, which kind of just like, yeah, that's kind of like a biz- a really Especially, bizarre scenario. It just makes Especially me sad. Bellator, they paid there. I guess not him, I, or maybe I don't know, <laughs> or maybe he just had a lapse in judgment, made a wrong move. But I have no idea. Maybe he was just mixed up in some crazy shit during his time off, man, and it kind of caught up to him. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make it to the finals. He he didn't look that good, to be honest. All right. Well, this has been fun. Josh, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to come on the podcast. I know it's late out there in Florida, so I do appreciate you willing to work with our time frame. We, we do appreciate it. You too, Luke. Yeah, very happy to be here. I really uh, like your podcast and hardcore MMA are like my favorite thing. So getting to be a part of this was really cool. Hell yeah. Well, we definitely love to have you back. This is awesome. Before we sign off, uh, you guys got anything else to say? Any shout outs, any plugs? Uh, yeah, I actually got two plugs for upcoming fights to check out in the UFC. Hell yeah. Let's hear um, it. So my coach uh, and uh, the coach of the MMA program at our school, he's uh, fighting Herbert Burns on July 17th at a fight night. Awesome. So uh, make sure you check out Billy Q. He's uh, he's going to do really good on that. And then uh, another one of our dudes who trains with us, uh, Matt Frivola, is, on, is fighting uh, Frank Camacho at UFC 263. So I think those are going to be two uh, really good fights, and I think y'all should check it out. Uh, awesome dudes, train with them every week, and uh, it's cool to see them doing their thing in that kind of world, you know, like on on the big show. It's awesome. Hell yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, and then also a shout-out to The Block, uh, Muay Thai out here in Gainesville. Uh, a bunch of hardcore dudes that I'm friends with opened the gym, and that's why I've been out here working. And uh, Gracie Tampa South – my home gym in Tampa. Great places. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Love Florida. Yeah, y'all should come visit. I got a guest room. Come hang out. All right. I'll be there in October. So I will give you a call. All right. Come stay in the guest room. Hang out with my dogs. I'm down. All right. Jeff, Luke, you guys got anything? Yeah. I just want to shout out that Alpha and Omega show that happened Ooh. in L.A., Crazy. That th- that thing looked fucking ridiculous in the best way possible. Awesome. All right. I just second that. Okay. Well, there you guys have it. This has been awesome. Uh, we hope you had fun listening to us talk about MMA. Use this as your companion to the pay-per-view this weekend. It's going to be awesome. And we'll be back soon. Thank you. Thank you.